Do you ever think that, um... If you're trying to keep a secret from your girlfriend, you should just say it on your podcast, because this is the one thing that she'll never listen to? Uh, I have thought that before. Uh, I also have a girlfriend, come wife. Wife, yeah, you're right. Uh, who also doesn't listen to my podcast, because... It's very much a forgetting Sarah Marshall situation. Like, I, I, I like it, Peter. I just don't understand. That has nothing to do with your question, no. but that was definitely on my mind. Cool story, Clay. Let me tell you. Let me give you something. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome back to the Tav Hoops Podcast. It's me, beep, 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 beep. your best friend and emotional guru, Matthew Strickland. And it's me, your worst friend and emotional support animal, Noah Fader. Oh my god, did you miss us? We missed you. We missed each other. We missed each other? We missed uh, the end of the finals. It was so boring, we didn't talk about it. Yeah, we didn't. That's actually true. We never did a We, never we did, did a, a game finals. one recap, and then we're like, ah, shit, never mind. And we didn't talk about the draft either, did we? Yeah, I, I or didn't. free agency? Did we talk about free agency? We did a free agency preview. Oh, right. But we didn't do a free agency post-view, or even a view. Well, you know what? That can all be folded into this podcast, which is going to be uh, Talk Me and Talk Me Out. We're going to go back and forth and try to talk you, our fans, our, 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 our worshipers, worshipees. Worshipers. Worshipers. We're the worshipees. Yes, yes, yes. We're, yes. Talk you guys into a team or talk you guys out of a team. Yeah. I and we're think... just going to go alphabetically and we're going to go a minute tops. Per person, per team. Yeah, it's a real debate style. This is a formal debate. It will be mm-hmm. scored by a biased third party mm-hmm. at a later date. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Diane Sawyer is here. What? What didn't she do the debates? Who did uh, the debates? Uh, maybe like fifteen years ago. Sure, that's a throwback. <laughs> Throw oh, we got the throwback references. That's a callback, folks. If you listen to season one, episode four, you know we're big soy heads. Hell yeah. A couple right. of soy boys over here. Let's get started with Atlanta. All right. Uh, Noah, talk us in. All right. Only thing you need to know about the Atlanta Hawks, they got the best memes in the game, okay? Everything is hilarious all the time about Atlanta. Their arena is falling apart and is now named the State Farm Arena. The subreddit's planning a meetup where they all wear red polos and khakis and go to State Farm Arena so they can all be Jake from State Farm. It's a fantastic fan experience. I wish I were a Hawks fan because the misery plus the comedy would be amazing. From a basketball perspective, Trey Young has terrible hair, a mediocre jumper, and is probably going to get totally destroyed but have some great highlights in his first season. John the Baptist, phenomenal name. Uh, Torian Prince, maybe like super good, but it's impossible to tell. Uh, their head coach is very handsome, unbelievably handsome, such a handsome dad. And that's it. That's all I got. All right, you got 12 more seconds if you want to flesh that out. Uh, more dank memes, RIP Chili, Olaf has to answer for his crimes. All right, boom. Uh, audience, was that convinced? I'm going to talk you out. Uh, here's the only thing I have to say. They're the fucking Hawks. Trae Young's going to suck. Who else do they have? John Collins, he's all right. Fucking Torian Prince, like you said, he's fine. The only thing interesting that the Hawks might do is trade Kent Bazemore to someone who might need a wing. So it'll be really nice to see Kent Bazemore on the Lakers rockets or celtics um other than that they're probably going to be unwatchable i think uh trey young looks sort of like delante west yeah you've talked me out okay can i still go to the subreddit 
All right. Ooh, 40 seconds. Good. I'm done. All right. I'm going to talk you in to the Boston Celtics. Guys, I don't, this is going to be like, I don't, I don't have much to say about them. They're, we all know they're going to be great. They're the deepest team in the league. They go nine deep with actual starter caliber players. Kyrie, Hayward, Smart, Tatum, Brown, Rogier, Horford, Baines, Morris. All of those players could start on almost any team in the league. And then they got Semi, who it may be interesting. They got Daniel Tice, who may be interesting. Uh, but another th- big thing besides the phenomenal on-court product is there are a ton of potential trades that I think Boston could make to put them over the top. They're, they're just a couple of weird contracts away from putting together a really nice Jimmy Butler package. But Smart could be easily traded uh, if you package Smart with Jalen Brown. They're probably not trading Brown. They could be traded. Uh, Terry Rozier could be traded straight up. And I was looking at teams that might need a point guard. Oh, I'm over. Damn it. All right. Let, I'm not going to try and talk you out of the basketball side, all right? They have all these great players. They have, I think at this point, probably the best X's and O's coach. Sorry, Pop. Like... That's just like Pop's going to retire any day now and they're going to have the best coach in the league, which is fantastic. I'm going to talk you out of the city of Boston. Here's what Boston has going for it. It's old. End of list. Uh, You got some cool buildings filled with some of the worst people in America. Every time I have been in the city of Boston and been out after like 8 p.m., every person that every male white person that I've seen, I thought, oh, that guy wants to kick my ass. And they do. Every single person is just itching for a fight all the time. Uh, also, the only people you see there are, are white people because they keep all the non-white people somewhere else. I don't know. It's like a notably, visibly racist city in a way that most segregated cities are not visibly racist. And I think Boston's a terrible place. And I feel bad for the players who have to play there. And I feel bad for the fans who have to root for that team because it means they're probably from there. And that is why I hate Boston, the worst city in America. Time. Rogier for Pirtle. That was the fake trade. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, I have the pleasure of talking you into another fantastic team, Brooklyn. Here's what I'm talking to Brooklyn. The the closest team to my house. Uh, I can be at their stadium in about 30 minutes. Uh, tickets are super cheap. I got to sit courtside last year for like 125 bucks. That was pretty great. Uh, had that whole experience, you know, almost getting stepped on by players. Uh, also, they're in year two of. It's not a rebuilding phase. It's a, it's a long term rebuild, but they're in year two of the phase like of like, hey, they might not be that bad. Like I talked myself in pretty hard to Spencer Dinwiddie last year, and then he totally fell off and got replaced by D'Angelo Russell, who's terrible. Uh, but he's going to get traded probably. So talk talking you in with that. Uh, Karis Levert, Jared Allen, like playing hard. Uh, Wasn't it Joe Harris? Uh, another guy like, huh. Is he good? I don't know. Uh, but they're not that bad. That's really like the phase that they're in. And in probably two, one more year of that, they might be good. Uh, all right. I'm going to talk you out of the Nets in the same way that I talked you out of the Hawks. They're the fucking Nets, man. They're bad. They have all bad players. Not they're not going to be interesting. They're not, they are going to be pretty bad. They're going to be one of the three worst teams in the East. Uh, they don't have any star caliber players they don't have any really interesting young players besides Karis LeVert really uh or I guess Rondé Hollis Jefferson is sort of interesting but they are sort of in that zone where the Sixers were in year like one or two of the process where it's just bleak 
and you can't even go to their their games live and enjoy them because if you can get the cheaper seats you're sitting way up in the barclays and you can't see it because the thing's hanging down and if you're gonna spend money on nba tickets in new york you're gonna go see a knicks game also brooklyn is whatever it's an overrated borough uh time all right before you besmirch our neighbors to the southeast i live in brooklyn all right. Oh, I'm on. I'm on the clock. All right, Charlotte. Charlotte. All right, the Hornets. Let me talk you in. Miles Bridges, not as good as McHale, but certainly an NBA caliber player. And I am very excited to see what Malik Monk is going to do in year two. He was much maligned last year, didn't get off the bench a lot, but they got a new coach. And last year he played less than 20 minutes a game. He played 17.9 minutes and he did shoot 34% from three, which is not bad. That's about league average. And shooters uh, from college to the pros, it generally takes them a year or two to get good. So I'm, I, I have faith that Malik Monk will translate into an exciting player, the the player that you know we all sort of thought he would be. Also, uh, very excited for the French connection. You got Batum, you got Tony Parker. Tony Parker in a new uniform, very exciting. Their their weird connection is going to be interesting, and that's my time. All right. Uh- I'm going to talk you out of Charlotte the same way I've been talking shit on Charlotte for like three years now. Kemba Walker is not a star who can win you a game, who can like win you a playoff series by himself. He's not going to get you anywhere. That doesn't mean he's not a very, very good player and an all-star caliber player, but he's not going to do it by himself. They have had the worst injury luck. Michael Kidd Gilchrist is like, uh, like, why do we still think he's good? What has he done to prove that he's good? Absolutely nothing. Nicholas Batum can't stay on the floor. Uh, I think Kemba, here's my prediction. Cleveland somehow does really well. They're in position to maybe get like the six, five or six seed going to the trade deadline. Kemba Walker for Colin Sexton and some stuff for the money uh, so that Kemba and Kevin Love can be the new core in Cleveland and then just full tank job uh, and with just a bunch of young talent with no one to guide them but Nick Batum and the ghost of Tony Parker is what's going to happen. I think Charlotte's going to totally blow it up and Borrego's going to drive a rebuilding project starting later this season two words michael fucking jordan uh a bunch more words he's not a good owner or executive uh you're on the clock for chicago this is a really hard one to talk you into let me tell you about a player named dennis rodman dennis rodman played for the chicago bulls i don't know if you know this dennis rodman is going to single-handedly unite the korean peninsula in alliance with their neighbors to the northwest, China, and in opposition to U.S. imperialist power. And Dennis Rodman is going to be single-handedly responsible for shifting the balance of power away from American hegemony in a positive way where America is no longer required to be the steward of the world and can focus on taking care of our own people. And may I remind you, Dennis Rodman played for the Chicago Bulls. Let me say another two words to you. Scotty Pippen. Great shoes, air more up tempos. They say air in huge letters on the side. Some of like my favorite weird sneakers that are still popular somehow. Uh, two more words, Michael Jordan. Phenomenal gambler. Has probably made more money gambling than anything else he's done. And that is my take on Chicago. Wow, that was uh, much more about the history of the Bulls than I was expecting. I would just like to say about the current Bulls, Lori Markkinen is fake Kristaps. He is the Jessica Simpson to Kristaps Ashley Simpson. Everyone knows the superior Simpson. 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 
Uh, the Bulls, let me talk to you a little bit about Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman was in a film called Simon Says, starring fat Dane Cook before he lost the weight. Uh, and the bad guy is Mickey Rourke. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that sounds like a phenomenal film, but it's not. It's bad. And it's not fun bad. It's just bad bad. Scotty Pippen never won a ring without Jordan. Maybe he's just been a tag along this whole time. Luke Longley, Australian. We know them to be racist. These are all former Bulls. Uh, Chicago, uh, your pizza's all right. Your hot dogs are weird. That's my take. I like that we've gone meta and we're like a fifth of the way through the league. Uh, who do you have now? Oh, I, I am Cleveland. on the clock for Cleveland. All right, Cleveland. I got some stuff for Cleveland. Uh, went to the friggin' finals last year. Let's not completely write them off, even though they did lose the best or second best player of all time. They still have Kevin Love. He's going to maybe become Minnesota Kevin Love again. Might be interesting. Colin Sexton is a fucking badass if you've seen any of his highlights. He almost uh, won a college game playing four on five, almost single-handedly. Chetty Osman, I'm interested to see what's going to happen to him. He shot. He thought uh, shot 34% from three last year. Uh, also, the trio of Clarkson, Nance, and Hood, who all came you know, in the second half of, this, uh, of the season last year for uh, Cleveland. They didn't pan out, but... Given a full year, maybe something good. Hood is not that far removed from averaging 16.8 points per game and shooting 39% from three. Interesting. There also could be a potential of a fire sale. Thompson, Corver, JR, Fry, they all could be traded. Cleveland could be an interesting team and might make the playoffs. Boom, time. Uh, I saw Colin Sexton play this summer. I went to Las Vegas this summer, and I went to NBA Summer League for the first time. Uh, everyone should go every year forever. I intend to fully, uh, if you are able to do that and make that work somehow. Uh, I saw Colin Sexton play, and literally nothing he did for the like 30 minutes or so that he played in that game was impressive in any way or demonstrated any sort of NBA level of skill. And he was playing against, you know, a bunch of people who graduated from Purdue three years ago and have been playing in Lithuania. So I was not impressed by Colin Sexton the one time I saw him in person. I don't give a shit about college ball, so I never watched him play there. Uh, other than that, you lost the greatest player of all time because your owner is such a terrible dude that he couldn't work out a way to make peace with the greatest player ever born in the state of Ohio. Uh, what an embarrassment. Other than that, I got nothing to say. I don't. I think they're going to be like middling bad. They might make the playoffs, but in a really hopeless way, which just means they get worse picks. All right, let's uh, let's stay, let's go positive now. I'm going to tell you some little team called the Dallas Mavericks. Lest ye forget that only eight seasons ago they won a title and that Dirk Nowitzki was the star then and is still the star now on a team. Granted, he's going to come off the bench. And granted, Luka Doncic looks like pretty fat. And the one highlight that everyone got excited about was something that would never work in an actual NBA game and wasn't actually that impressive. But a lot of white NBA fans are really excited about him because, get this, He's also white. So he's getting comps to people like Dirk. He's getting comps to people like Sabonis and every other white European player you've ever heard of. He's like a young Marcus Gasol. It's unbelievable how exciting that is for the white people of Dallas. For everyone else, uh, I don't know. You can root for him still, I guess. I don't really get why people are excited. I'm not doing a very good job talking to you in yeah, Dallas. Yeah, you're supposed to be. Oh, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, farewell tour. 
Um, okay, I would also just like to say I'm talking you out of the Mavericks. Uh, it's just going to be a bunch of white people rooting for a white player who may or may not be good, and he was fat, and everything that Noah said is a good argument for why you should be out on the Mavs. Dennis got Dennis Smith Jr. He's a friggin' good stats, bad team guy. The most interesting thing that's going to be tangentially related to the Mavericks is going to be Shark Tank which I've recently started watching at the gym and is a very good show, but that is going to be far better than anything that happens on court for the Mavericks. Uh, isn't JJ Barea retired? No, uh, maybe. All right. Who's to say? Who's to say Dallas is going to be bad. What's his name? The fucking, they got the Deandre DeAndre. four years too late. He is not going to be good. Uh, he's, he, he he can't shoot can't still can't shoot three uh, free throws uh, the uh, feud is still on. All right now that was Dallas my take on Denver. All right Denver Nuggets they were one game from the playoffs last year we saw that playing game with Minnesota Minnesota got worse Denver's gonna get better the trio of Harris Murray and Jokic they're all super young they're all only gonna get better Harris is really good Murray is gonna fill out. This year, he's going to be good. And on top of that, it's uh, they, they re-signed Will Barton, who's great. Obviously, Isaiah Thomas, whatever they get from him is sort of a luxury. They're going to have a full season of Paul Millsap, who uh, is, was, is not too far removed from being one of the best defenders in the league and an all-star. Having him for a full season is going to be amazing. He's a great passer. Uh, whatever they get from... Uh, MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be interesting. They could, he could redshirt the whole year and it wouldn't really make a difference. Also, uh, X Factor, Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles is really good. Sort of slandered for getting traded for Donovan Mitchell, but he averaged uh, 38% from three and uh, 2010 over per 36. Whew. Whew. All right. Uh, I can talk you out of Denver probably. Uh, I think that Jokic does. They had a really good run at the end of season last year. I don't know if that will be replicated for a full season. That's my worry about him. He has all the talent in the world. He's unbelievably skilled. But is he going to be strong enough to take the beating of being the like number one guy who's getting stifled every time he touches the ball? I don't think he's there, at least not this year. I think they're going to need Millsap to play a huge role. Even before he got injured, the team wasn't really clicking last year. And when he came back, he took a secondary role. So I'm still curious to see if that's a fit. I don't. I, I think it can be, but I don't think it is yet. And I think that the West is going to be too brutal for them to be like guaranteed a playoff spot. I think it's going to be really hard. If they get one, they're going to fall to seven or eight seed. So I wouldn't be too excited this year. That's why I'm talking to you out of it. Save your energy for a year or two down the line when they might have a shot to really compete. Okay, I also would just like to pause this whole discussion for one moment and say you sh guys have hopefully been keeping score uh, points-wise of who's winning the talk me in, talk me out, me or Noah. So please, if you haven't been, just start this podcast from the top. Lord knows we need the listens. Uh, and why just do we, why do we need the listens? We don't make money off of this. There's no ads. Oh, well, we're, we're, uh, clearly we're both independently wealthy, uh, but I just it's just pride. And you know, pride is all about begging people for listens. <laughs> yeah. Please clap. All right, Please talk clap. us into the fucking pistons. Pistons. Uh, God, this is so challenging because I hate Blake Griffin so much. But here's what I'm going to talk you into the pistons. An opportunity to see 
a really phenomenal center explosive had a lot of issues in his game managed to fix them really charismatic like on the celebrity scene and i think he's a really exciting guy and of course i'm talking about andre drummond andre drummond is actually like an unbelievably unique talent and did something that no other big man with a similar profile has ever done before in that he was a terrible free throw shooter and he turned himself into a decent one he went from like 39% to 63% last season, which is unbelievable. 63% after 39, all of a sudden completely changes how they run their offense at the end of games and his ability. Uh, outside of him, I don't know what there is to be super excited about other than the fact that I think Dwayne Casey is a very good coach and it'll be exciting to see what he can do with that new offense and hopefully a full healthy season from everyone. All right, uh, talk you out. The Pistons are basically going to be those um, Raptors lineups with the two bigs when they're playing Valanchunas and uh, Ibaka. Only the shooting is going to be worse because neither Drummond nor uh, Blake could shoot threes, nor Reggie Jackson. So it's just going to be a a goddamn clank fest the whole season. There's going to be no spacing. Blake... Everything that was exciting about Blake is gone. His athleticism, his stand-up comedy career, it's all gone. It's just going to be this weird, sad, like, uh, midlife crisis of a team. Uh, and the uh, Stanley Johnson didn't pan out. None of their young players are exciting. They are going to be 32 wins and Dwayne Casey doesn't really have much to work with, and he's not Brad Stevens or, uh, you know, Pop who can maximize what he doesn't have. That's my talk you out. Talk you in to the Golden State Warriors. How's he going to do it? Guys, here's the thing about the Warriors. They have Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and... Clay Thompson. You know, the minute's a limit, not a requirement. And Draymond Green. And all the other players. Here's the thing about them is, yeah, I do have a whole minute to say one thing, which is basically, guys, they're going to win. They're going to win the title again. Did I talk you in? <laughs> all right. That was uh, really convincing. And I there's actually some late-breaking news just uh, a few hours ago, it's going to help me talk you out on this team. The obvious one is, do you really want to root for the front front runner? And if you're 12, yeah, I get it. Every kid's got a Curry or a KD jersey. That's fine. But they just signed one of my least favorite Memphis Grizzlies of all time, Deontay Davis. And do you really want to live in a world where Deontay Davis is an NBA champion and Patrick Ewing isn't? Ooh, that's all I have to say about that. I don't want to live in that world. Aha! I win. <laughs> Mark the point down. All right. I get to talk about uh, their biggest rival now, Houston. Uh, Houston has, unfortunately, one of the best point guards uh, in the league. And I say that, unfortunately, not because he's so great, but because I hate him so much, Chris Paul. And they have James Harden, who last year was otherworldly and genuinely has a chance to be better this year, which is terrifying. Uh, Capella's only is probably has this is the year he probably starts his peak I would say uh, and it'll be interesting to see what that looks like and that trio alone plus one of my favorite role players PJ Tucker is enough to get you 
to the conference finals almost assuredly. And I think they have a real shot and are the best challenger in both leagues to Golden State. And I think that's what makes them exciting. Uh, losing Ariza is a bigger concern to me than losing Ryan Anderson or Anderson was just garbage. But I think they will bounce back and I think they'll be just fine. And I think it'll be exciting to watch a really great team that isn't Golden State or Cleveland uh, maybe have a chance at a title. Okay. Uh, Houston came about as close as any team has come to beating Golden State in this current iteration. They, How many times do we need to see Houston choke away a chance before we they're just always labeled as chokers their team is their team better than it was last year no they replaced trevor ariza and luke richard mamute both really good wing defenders who could shoot threes with carmelo anthony who we wanted to be good last year on OKC, and he wasn't, and he's going to be even worse this year. And number one, he's a mediocre three-point shooter, and he doesn't play any defense. They got worse at almost every position. Chris Paul's another year older, and that's just more beer in James Harden's gullet. Is James Harden like a noted beer drinker? Well, just he's like a partier, noted partier. I think he's just uh, a weirdo. Yeah, he's, he's a party guy. All right. Pro, Indiana Pacers. Guys, I don't know if you saw that Instagram of Miles Turner. He is ripped now. Uh, the, tis the season. Tis the season, but he's he is ripped. And the, this is a player we all wanted to break out last year. And it's looking like it might actually happen this year. We all know how great Oladipo is. Maybe Oladipo's body transformation got into Miles Turner's head. They still have Sabonis, who's a really good, fun young player. Uh, And then they still have all their pros. Last year, we talked a lot about how they were just a pro team with not a lot of weak links. Not outstanding, but they still have Thaddeus Young, Bogdanovich, Darren Collison. They added Kylo Quinn for the Knicks, who's a pro. They still have Kojo, Corey Joseph. And they added Tyreek Evans, who's coming off his best season basically since he was a rookie. Added another ball hander, three-point shooter. Indiana is just going to get better while a lot of the East is getting worse. I'll talk you out. You might think their best player on their team last year was Victor Oladipo. And yeah, he put up some big numbers. The heart and soul, the energy and the drive of that entire franchise since its inception is none other than Lance Make Him Dance Stevenson. Wow. Bold take. This is not a bold take. This is written in the Bible of Larry Bird in Indiana basketball. Lance Stevenson is the greatest Indiana Pacer of all time. Uh, And screw you, Reggie Miller. Without his fire to motivate Oladipo and practice every day, you think he's going to keep up that level of fitness, that intensity? No way. Oladipo had a career year, and I I was a huge fan of his, and I'm so happy for him. But he's going to backslide without... That little voice in his ear and that little wind in his ear every day at practice pushing him to work a little bit harder and run a little bit faster. And I think that is why you should not be rooting for the Indiana Pacers. I'm not God, convinced. I I have been saddled with the task of talking you into the Los Angeles Clippers. Weather's kind of nice. That's it. Red, white, and blue uniforms. Very patriotic. That's your against. No, well, that's that's. I'm I'm helping you out. I I refuse. I refuse. I abstain. I I forfeit this round. I will not sit here 
despite the fact that every meaningful player from their battles with my team are now gone, I will not sit here and I'll talk say you anything in. positive. I'll talk you in. Three of the most hated players on the Tau Hoops podcast, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul. Guess what? They all don't play for the Clippers anymore. So that's a reason that's for me enough. to like them, but it's a reason for everyone else. To- oh, yeah. Lou Williams. He has two girlfriends. I don't know. I'm supposed to be talking against him, but I'll talk for him. Lou Williams has two girlfriends, had his best season last year. Shea Gilders Alexander. I haven't seen him play, but people are excited about him. I think, yeah, there's not a lot to say about them. All right. All right. Uh, What about cross town, bud? Let's go, guys. I'm supposed to talk you into the Los Angeles Lakers. All right. Here's, uh, I'm talking you in. Uh, Rondo, he's coming off a great playoffs. Uh, he um, can sort of shoot now. Another year of development for Kuzma, Ingram, and uh, Lonzo. That's very exciting. And uh, they had they had a relatively big uh, free agent signing. I don't know if you guys uh, heard about it. Uh, fucking LeBron James, guys! Hello, LeBron James. LeBron James. Uh, guys, I don't know if you know this. That fucking dude is really good at basketball. Um, shit, the clock got fucked up, but I don't need that much more time. I would just like to say this. Uh, LeBron James took the Cavs to the uh, finals last year. You know who was had played the second most playoff minutes on the Cavs? Not Kevin Love? J.R. Smith. Oof. Kevin Love was third, and then the fourth most playoff minutes was George Hill, fifth most Jeff Green, sixth most Kyle Korver. Jeff Green most, was fifth? Ugh. Seventh most Tristan Thompson. So is... J.R. Smith better than Kyle Kuzma? Is J.R. Smith, George Hill, Jeff Green, Corver, Thompson, are any of those guys better than Kuzma, Ingram? They, we don't, not even developed those players. Right now, the current iteration of Kuzma, Lonzo, Lance Stevenson, I think everyone on the Lakers now is better than everyone on the Cavs then. All right, talk us out of the Lakers. All right, uh, they have LeBron James. LeBron and Magic and everyone else and Rob Palenka have basically said publicly that this ain't the year. This is a year for them to figure it out, get the system in play. They signed a bunch of vets to one-year contracts. They'll have a ton of space next summer. Could they get KD to come down south? Could they get something else interesting to happen? This is not the year. I don't know if you noticed Le- Le- LeBron's production company, Spring Hill, seem to be pumping out a lot of stuff and LeBron likes to take a personal interest in the businesses that he invests in and I think this is a kind of a year off for LeBron he's going to enjoy LA his family likes it there it's a big part of why he's there so I think this is LeBron taking not a break he's going to play 55 games he's going to average 39 minutes in those games and he's going to put up huge numbers and have a great season but this is not the year so be excited now, Lakers fans. Don't jump on the bandwagon, everybody else. Hear that, guys? That's a lot of you I know who listen to this podcast are planning a trip to the NBA store. Noah says, hold off on buying those jerseys just yet. You should buy maybe jerseys for our next team Noah's going to talk you into. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Shocker. You know, the originally I was going to do Atlanta. Sorry, I'm going to pause the clock so you're not on the clock. Originally, I was like, I'll do Atlanta first. And then I divided up the league and you got the Knicks and I got the Grizzlies. And I was like, that can't happen. That, so that's yeah, we'll, we flipped it. It, it was right. only minor manipulation, though. We just changed the starting parameters. We didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Just but also like, like it's our on. podcast. Yeah. like You're on the clock. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Number one reason to be excited about them. 
their two best players, Conley and Gasol, both back, both playing real minutes in preseason. Both look really healthy. Both look really explosive. Conley hasn't been healthy in like two and a half years uh, and basically didn't play last year. Uh, I don't really give a shit about Chandler Parsons ever playing another minute ever again, but maybe he will, and that would be cool. Uh, the two rookies, Jaron Jackson Jr., was like the star of Summer League in Vegas. Uh, great three-point shooter, tons of blocks. Really springy. He's the youngest player. He's turning 19 like right now, just before the season starts. Uh, so he's the youngest player in the NBA right now. That's super exciting. Memphis hasn't had like a super exciting, super young rookie in a long time. The other dude, Javon Carter, is just like looks like he's 48 and plays like he's 42 and that's exciting in its own way uh they added some nice vets garrett temple who i've liked for a little bit uh omri caspi who could be good in theory i don't know they're making the playoffs but i think they're going to be very competitive all right i'm going to talk you out uh based on what noah said noah's trying to convince you with uh name drops like omri caspi and garrett temple oh very exciting and you know how and Kyle Anderson. You know how, yeah, great. And you know how uh, injury-prone guards get better as they age. Oh, I can't wait to see Mike Connolly play this season on that huge contract. Chandler Parsons, he's never going to do anything again. Marcus Ol, I think, is cooked. Uh, I don't even need a minute. This they're going to be one of the least interesting teams in the league, and I, I, I take it as a personal slight that you would say that Jaron Jackson was a star of summer league because everyone knows. Kevin Knox was the star of Summer League. All right. Now I will talk you into a much better team, the Miami Heat. Much better is really pushing it off the jump. Oh, come on. They're going to be great. They're going to be maybe the fourth seed. They're going to trade for Jimmy Butler. Let's all face it. That is imminent. And if that wasn't enough for you, a really good Eastern Conference team that could push Toronto, could push Philly, uh, maybe not Boston, but Josh Richardson, another year older, another year better. Justice Winslow can shoot now. That's cool. Bam, another year older, another year better. Those guys are all young. They're all exciting. And if that's not enough for you guys, this is Dwayne Wade's last year. This is going to be your last time to watch Dwayne Wade play basketball. He is maybe the third or fourth best shooting guard of all time. We should treasure the moments while we can. He's still crafty. He's still got a good post-up, old man post-up game. Watch watch Heat games. They're going to be fun. Pat Riley, he's there. Uh, all of the players you named as being very good are all, at best, B-plus players. There's not a single A player, like true star player on Miami. Chagic. Dragic was a star player for like half of a season in Phoenix three years ago. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was a star player for like a third of a season last year. How dare you? Even if they get Jimmy Butler, he would then immediately become the best player on that team. And if your best player is Jimmy Butler, I don't know if that actually is enough to get you anywhere. He's really, really good. But I really don't think him is your, like the, the hardworking dude who wants to tell you everything about how hardworking he is. I don't know if that is enough. Especially if they give up like three B pluses for an A minus, that's not a good trade. Keep your B pluses and trade two of them for an A minus later when you have better leverage. I just don't think that. I thought the team was super weird the last couple of years. They, they doubled down on being super weird, and they're going to be super weird and disappointing this year again, despite their good coaching. All right, let's uh, let's go to a team that might actually do something this year, which is the Milwaukee Bucks. I am so excited to see Giannis Antetokounmpo with a real 
coach, a coach who can like run an offense and encourage players to maximize their skills and, you know, dragged a mediocre Hawks team to 60 wins. It's for somehow uh, only like three. That was only like three seasons ago. That Hawks team was good. Yeah, they were good, but they were not 60 win good. And he got them there. They have a real coach. Uh, and Giannis, everyone, not him, but everyone around him is like, yo, did Giannis get like twice as good over the summer or is it just me? And Giannis, regular as good last year, was maybe the third best player in the league. So twice as good, maybe eh, he was top five. Twice as good Giannis is absolutely terrifying. Giannis bombing threes, taking like one step and shooting a three when he catches the ball at half court. That's going to be really, really exciting to watch. And that's all you need to know. Giannis is unbelievable. He's charming. He loves smoothies in America. Uh, I'd like to say that you say Giannis bombing threes as if it's some sort of inevitable thing. Let's see it happen in actual NBA games before we're like, oh, Giannis can shoot threes now. Uh, It takes a while to learn how to shoot. I'm not sure he's just going to be able to shoot. Uh, Eric Bledsoe is still on this team, and he That was actually an oversight. Yeah, he's really bad. Uh, he he might actively try to make this team worse. Uh, it's hard to talk out of this team because it's going to be really fun to watch, really exciting. I don't think Jabari, they're going to be that you can great. talk shit about his knees. Jabari's not on the team anymore. Oh, right. He's Chicago. on Chicago, which is another reason to talk you out of Chicago. <laughs> not just Simon Says the Film. Uh, Milwaukee is a cool town, but... Is this really the Bucks' year? I don't think so. I think they're going to, at best, be what Philly was last year, which, cool, make the second round, but they're not going to do any noise. They're not going to do any noise. That's a good take. That's a, a forceful good take. Milwaukee, they're not going to do any noise. All who, right. are you, who are you for now? I am for the Minnesota Timberwolves. All ah. right, guys, here's the thing. Jimmy Butler, what if he doesn't leave? He just had that crazy practice where he was cursing everyone out and he was just like, you motherfuckers can't win without me. What if he doesn't leave? I don't think Jimmy Butler has it in him to dog it like Vince Carter did when he wanted to get traded from the Raptors. Jimmy Butler is going to play as hard as he can all the time. He just doesn't have it in him to do anything less than that. So what if they just didn't trade him? When, When he was healthy last year, they were really good. They were only in danger. They were like the third seed before he got hurt. Maybe just don't trade him. And if you do trade him, just give all the touches to Towns, and he's still one of the best offensive big men in the game. Towns with touches he needs are going to be great. Another thing, hey, Tiz is probably going to get fired, and then they're going to be better. So in conclusion, Tibbs getting fired. Don't trade Jimmy. All right, I will pick things up right where you left it off. Tibbs should have been fired like nine months ago like during last season it was very clear that he is not the coach for this team he has no idea how to connect with his best player Wiggins has shown zero improvement under this so-called great coach uh Thibodeau is an absolute disaster of a coach for the modern era right maybe seven years ago he could do some stuff with with the crew he had and grinding everyone into dust maybe that worked with that specific set of players but trying to just go get those players seven years later when they've all had terrible injuries is an absolutely terrible idea like they still might get luol deng who like can't stand is that official i think luol deng's official it is embarrassing how this team has been managed the owner has shown to be like a total puss in not dealing with this butler situation at all and it's 
hilarious that everyone is laughing at the franchise and not at the player who's trying to actively sabotage the franchise. That's how embarrassing this franchise is. All right, let's uh, let's talk us in. Let's talk. Let me talk you into uh, New Orleans Pelicans. All right. Number one thing is they have Anthony Davis, who at any given moment could do something that you've never seen before on a basketball court. That's like the biggest thing. Anthony Davis is unbelievable. Uh, they made a couple of key additions. They kept Drew Holiday, which is fantastic. They lost DeMarcus Cousins to the Warriors, who somehow we didn't talk about that at all when you talked about the Warriors. Great job, uh, Strickland, if that's your real name. Hey, they're uh, going to win anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's all still true. Uh, they still have Drew Holiday, who's great. They added a couple players to kind of fill the void. Julius Randle was one of the young Lakers who I thought they should totally keep, and they totally punted on and let him walk. So I think Julius Randle is going to be a really, really good next to him, along with with uh, filling out that big man rotation with Miritich. And you know I've been an Alfred guy since like day negative five. So Alfred being on that team and playing the Rondo role could actually be perfect. He's baby Rondo, and I think he's going to have a lot of fun throwing passes to AD. All right, here's the thing. Baby Rondo is an insane overpraise of him. Name one thing that Alfred Payton has ever been good at on the basketball court. Haircuts. Yeah. Yes. Dribbling. Eh. Passing. I'm saying you got Anthony Davis, who's probably going to be the best player in the league this year. It's I mean, it's it's like going to be. He's going to be top five, probably top three, probably the best player. You got Drew Holiday, very good. What we saw in the playoffs last year is probably peak Drew Holiday playing off ball with Rondo. Is he going to reach those heights playing with Alfred Payton? I don't think so. You got Jaleel Okafor in there who just got hurt. Julius Randle can't really play defense. I mean, Jarrett Jack is your backup point guard. Solomon Hill, Etwan Moore, are they actual, are these playoff players? They have two and a half actual NBA quality players holiday randall davis i don't see it all right now i'm going to talk you in to one of the greatest teams in the history of nba basketball the new york knickerbockers guys star of summer league kevin knox he's long he can shoot he's athletic he can dunk the friggin ball another year older for frank he can learn if he learns how to shoot. Oh my God, he's one of the best two-way guards, young two-way guards in the league. Mitchell Robinson was one of he was a top five recruit out of high school and then didn't play in college for some off-the-court reasons. Dude is a rim runner in the Tyson Chandler mold. He could be amazing. Kristaps is gonna come back in December. And then they got a lot of guys with upside. Upside. Noah Vonley, only 23. Trey Burke, only 25. Hazonia, only 23. Moutier, only 22. All they need is one of those guys to pan out. There's a lot. They're throwing a lot of bait out there, and then we'll see what they catch. Also, they could trade Hardaway, Courtney Lee, Lance Thomas, Ennis Cantor. They got trade options. They're going to be fun. All right. Almost every player. so much more to say. <laughs> almost every player you just named is a, a young player on their second team because their first team was like, well, this player is useless to us long term. They're like, we could sign them for two million dollars a year, but we'll have the Knicks give them seven. That's like pretty much every player How you just dare named. you. I have their I have their well, I'm sorry, it's your time. Uh you have a lot of young players with Ennis Cantor as like your veteran leader, I guess. Most beloved. Most beloved Most beloved Gulenist in the NBA. Yeah. Uh and as you know, we're avowed Gulenists. Uh yes. Uh this has been proven. Uh so 
Kristaps is not coming back in December. He's probably not coming back in March. He's probably not coming back this year. This is a lost season for New York. And I thought, I thought that this would be the season. The Knicks fans don't do the thing they always do where they go, I'm telling you, this is the year. Yeah, if Frank just learns how to shoot, we're great. No, this is not the year. You can't change our nature. <laughs> All right. Uh, I can talk about OKC now. And this is like the greatest addition by subtraction you could ever imagine. Fat Mello, sorry, Hoodie Mello, because he, you know, he doesn't want to show his fat neck. Uh, Hoodie Mello last year, like throwing up shots in the gym about a year ago from right now, preseason, looking how in shape and in rhythm he is, right? He's so ready to go. And then just grinds their offense to a halt for 82 games, plus however many playoff games they played. Getting rid of Mello and opening up a more free-flowing offense where Paul George can do his thing and Russ Westbrook can do his thing, the only thing he knows how to do, is going to be unbelievable. Russ Westbrook is still the most entertaining player in the NBA. And I mean that including LeBron. Like, in terms of pure entertainment value, Russ is still number one until he gets dethroned by Joel Embiid, like, later this season. So you're going to watch more free-flowing PG, more free-flowing Russ. Dennis Schroeder, is he the 95th guard to sit next to Russ and be good? Who knows? We're about to find out. He's going to bring the cool hair back, he promises. It's going to be a lot of fun. No more mellow. Uh, all right. Far be it from me to say anything negative about my favorite player not wearing a Knicks uniform, Russell Westbrook. And so I won't. Uh, I'll say that Paul George is one of the most overrated players in the league. Boo. Uh, remember Playoff P? How that was? That worked out really great. They lost to the fucking Jazz. The Jazz only got better. Uh, they're... Yes, Melo was bad, and it's great that they got rid of him. But they didn't add anything of substance. Schroeder was traded away from the Hawks for nothing. The fucking Hawks traded away Schroeder. He's a notorious asshole. Uh, not a lot of people like him. And on a team with Russ, I don't, I don't think we need any more dynamic personalities. Uh, I love Russell Westbrook. Roberson's hurt. I just don't see this as their year. I don't think Paul George is very good. They might have a great regular season, and I think they're going to go the way of Houston and just combust in the playoffs. Well-timed. All right. Yeah, now I get to talk about one of the patron teams of last year, uh, Orlando Magic. Guys, Mo Bamba, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac. These are exciting young names where it's, it, you know, Aaron Gordon, he, did he learn to shoot last year? I don't know. Let's see. Let's watch. Let's see if Mo Bamba is going to be the biggest draft bust of this decade or he's going to be a friggin' legend. A lot of the dudes on the ringer, I forget which ones, they like him. That's cool. I think this team is going to be exciting. Uh, Jonathan Isaac only played 27 games last year and he was a, a top six draft pick. It's going to be really exciting to watch him develop. Also, Vukovic, DJ Augustin, Jonathan Simmons, these are all vets that are going to be on the trade block. They're not trying to build around these guys. They're, uh, could Vukovic be the center that the Lakers are looking for? Jonathan Simmons, we know LeBron tried to recruit him to Cleveland last year. Could there be some trades? All right. So many of your scenarios here involve, like, and they could make a trade. Well. They could. Uh, they could. All right, I'll talk you out of Orlando. Uh, the coolest thing about that team is that Mo Bamba has a song named after him. That's amazing. A hit song. A hit song. Like, and a great song. Like, Young Check West, and I'm getting really rich. That's fantastic. And the fact that Mo Bamba had the stones to go to this, like, already kind of up-and-coming rapper who had, like, a minor YouTube hit and be like, I'm really good. 
you need to make a song about me. You have to do it. And just pressured him into doing it. And then it became a hit. That's like really good mojo of a solid year before you get into the NBA. So we've had time to kind of marinate on him. The fact that sounds like you're talking us into Orlando. If you recall, I started by saying that's the good thing about this team. Right. I might have said the best. I meant the you good. You got 12 seconds left. Nothing else about this team is good or interesting in any way. They have a lot of long and strong and down to get the friction on dudes who cannot play together and will be a giant cluster pile and be terrible. All right. That's time. I wish we had like a beep so the audience could know. Oh, you'll so, do it in so post. You, you also, I'm definitely not going to edit this at all. I'm just going to throw it right up raw, baby. We're raw dogging it this season. Uh, also, just so you know, when our when our voices start to speed up, that's that's you guys know you use your context clues. That's when we're trying to get it in for time. All right, so let me uh, let me talk about a team that I'm genuinely really excited about now. Philadelphia, unfortunately, uh, came to me. Uh, they were one of my favorite teams to watch last year. Uh, they will be the team I probably watch the most this year outside of the Memphis Grizzlies. They are unbelievably exciting. Fultz looks like he has his head back and his arm under control. So it'll be really cool to see them add like what is in theory the last piece of the rebuild, right? Fultz was the piece that was supposed to complete the process. JoJo had a full season last year. He was fantastic, better than anyone thought he could be. Established himself as probably the best center in the game outside of DeMarcus Cousins. I think it's probably safe to say. And then DeMarcus got hurt and we have no idea when he's going to play again. So they've got, and he's hilarious and personable. Uh, their uniforms are some of the best in the entire NBA. Uh, they're going to be on national TV all the time. They'll be easy to see. Uh, I would have them almost as an Eastern Conference Finals lock, frankly. Wow, five seconds under the wire. Uh, here's the thing. I was just listening to JJ, JJ Reddick's podcast, and uh, apparently he is coming off the bench and Markel is starting. I feel like this is just them trying to coddle his ego, and it sounds like he still has a really weird, fragile brain. Um, which, you know, as someone with a weird, fragile brain, I empathize with, but I am not starting for the Philadelphia 76ers, and Lord knows I have the talent to. Uh, I think that unless they, 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 they had a lack of shooting and they just took it out of the starting lineup, they lost Bellinelli, they lost Ilyasova, who both gave them big pushes at the end of last season. Unless Markel really shows out which i don't think he will based off summer league where he still wasn't great at shooting they just had less shooting in their starting lineup i think they're just going to get worse if covington is the best three-point shooter in your starting lineup you still have a wicked problem all right that was pretty good I got like a second over all right i'm going to talk you into one of the greatest teams in the league guys do you know what michael jordan's career high is in points do you know what it is noah uh, 63? 69. Hilarious, dude. No 69. Way. It's hilarious. You know what Devin Booker's career high is? 70. 70. Devin Booker is better than Michael <laughs> Jordan. Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton. Uh, what's his name? Justin Justin Jackson? Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. Vegeta. is one of the JJs. Guys, this is an exciting young core, and they're adding Mikhail Bridges, who everyone says is the most NBA-ready player in the draft. That is a very exciting young core. They got TJ Warren, Ariza, Ryan Anderson, Chandler. These are good, solid vets. Uh, and then they got they have a first-rounder from Milwaukee that they could package with, I don't know, a Dragon Benger, who's only 20 years old and shot 36% from three. They could be making a trade, but Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayn, better than Jordan. 
Uh, Phoenix has been the exact same team for three years in a row now. They have a lot of super, super young guys who they somehow managed to piss off in their first like two years in the city. Their production tanks and then they leave. This has happened every single time. They did just fire their GM, which gives them hope for the future. But their new GM is probably going to be James Jones, who was playing in the finals two years ago. Uh, so he knows the game. Yeah, so he knows how to like be friends with LeBron. And apparently Robert Sarver thinks that being friends with LeBron and having played in the NBA for like a dozen years qualifies you to run a team. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly what uh, Vivek Ranadiv did with Vladi Diva. He's like, he played in the league. He knows it. Let's make him the GM. It'll be great. And it went really poorly. So I, I think there's going to be the exact same thing they were last year, uh, except for Booker probably won't be hurt as much. Uh, occasionally he will be exciting, but these games are going to be an absolute slog to watch. So many bricks. They'll probably shoot worse than any team in the league. It's going to be really, really, really unpleasant to watch, and I will probably only catch them if I'm up late on a Wednesday. 70 points, better than Jordan. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about Portland. i got to talk you into Portland. Uh, what if Nurkic is good? What if uh, their starting backcourt of CJ and Damian takes the leap? Actually, CJ McCollum could have a mini leap. He's got one mini leap left in him. I think we have seen peak Damian Lillard. I think Damian Lillard will stay at this level for two, three more years. I think he's a really, really, really good offensive player. But I think McCollum could... Like, It'd be really interesting to see if Damian Lillard went down with an injury for like 14 games. If McCollum could somehow find some extra gear and then they could find a way to work that together. Because as much as Damian Lillard likes to be self-aggrandizing, I think he's actually a pretty good teammate. People seem to like playing in Portland. Uh... I don't know. Terry Stotts is a good coach. Also very memeable, which as we discussed earlier in the evening is very important to me. Uh, the Faces of Terry subreddit is like a whole thing unto itself. I think that this will be another solid team. They're definitely at risk of missing the playoffs, uh, especially after last year's uh, sweep. But they'll still be competitive. They'll be fun and competitive. I think... Uh... You were right when you said that Damian Lillard has hit his peak. He's not going to get any better. Look, you know me. I love Dame Lillard. I was a big... I, I was Last year on this podcast, I was saying he's as good as Kyrie. Uh, so what don't I like? I think he's not going to be on this team. I think that they have definitely hit their peak with this squad. They don't really have a lot of options. I think that by this time, by the summer, by the trade deadline... Dame, one of Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum is going to be gone, and I think it's going to be Damian Lillard, and I think he's going to be on the Lakers. Um, I love Lillard. Nurkic is not great. People say he's a good defender, but he's just like a slow, plodding asshole. Who is good on that bench? I'm sorry for calling you an asshole, Nurkic. I think he's cool. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing exciting about this team. They're not going to be better than last year, and other teams got better. All right, so who's your team that you're pro? Oh, it's me. I'm pro. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Get ready. <laughs> back to back to back. We are pro for the Sacramento Kings. Guys, De'Aaron Fox, another year older, another year better. Marvin Bagley, kid can score buckets. He's going to be good. Bogdan Bogdanovich, we're not too far removed from him. Not what's his name on Dallas being the best European player. He's still young. He's still exciting. That's a three good core of three good players. Buddy healed pretty good. On top of that, you're finally adding a healthy uh, Giles, Harry Giles, who's 6'11 and was just draining threes in summer league. 
tall guy can shoot. You got a good, exciting core. You got Yogi Ferrell. Yeah, he's a player. Shump is healthy. Amon Shumpert, you know how much I love him. Uh, <laughs> Belizia, what's his name? How do you say that? Nemanja Bielica. Yeah, he could be good. Uh, Sacramento, it's where Ladybird was set. That's cool. All right, I don't know anything about the city of Sacramento, so I can't even slander him on uh, on that regard. I was reading the Athletic article, they did a long profile on Willie Cauley Stein, which was a lot of like, Vladi really likes him, he's still got a lot of potential, yada, 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 it's his fourth year. And they snuck in a little nugget about Sacramento that absolutely terrified me. Willie Cauley Stein is the longest tenured Sacramento king, tied with Costa Kufos. Legends, both. That is... Like an unbelievable fact that Costa Kufos, former backup to Marc Gasol, who played about 18 minutes a game, and now former like starter, he started on that team a bunch and like still plays a lot of minutes because they don't know how to like like get the young guys involved at all, and they only have young guys. It's so mismanaged. This was such a wrong landing spot for Dave Yeager. I have no idea why he fled there out of Memphis. Uh, they have the worst owner in terms of basketball decision making. They have the worst GM in terms of basketball decision making. It's a disaster. Greta Gerwig. Um, all right. Now I get to talk about a team that is in all of our hearts and minds, the San Antonio Spurs. This is a transitional year. Manu retired. Kawhi traded. Tony left. It, it, this is it. This is a new team. This is DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge's team with like Rudy Gay and Pau Gasol as like key players. Patty Mills is a key player now. DeJounte Murray just sitting down with an ACL. I think this is going to be a really exciting team to watch because it's going to be Pop's biggest challenge. Like ever. Like he had one season that he inten- like that he intentionally tanked to get Tim Duncan, and it has been smooth sailing since then. So this is going to be really, really interesting to see. Will they still make the playoffs? If they do it, how the hell is that going to happen? It'll be fascinating to see the old dog learn some new tricks. And we should appreciate Pop while he's still here and coaching, especially after the tragic death in his family. You can't root against them. Ha. All right. Uh, I'm not saying you should root against him. I'm just saying I don't believe in them. Timmy is gone. Manu's gone. Tony is gone. The core is gone. It's just Pop, a sad widower. And we all love Pop. We were all devastated that anything bad would ever happen to him. He is all of our sports dads. But it's just it's just not gonna happen this season. They're they're them at peak strength were good enough for maybe the second seed. They're good definitely good enough to beat the fucking chokers in Houston, but they're not gonna beat Golden State. They probably weren't even gonna beat the Lakers. DeJounte Murray going down is huge. A team where DeMar DeRozan was the best player on that team was only good enough to get swept by LeBron every single year in the East, and they and he moved to the West. That's only better. It's sad, but it's true. I'm sorry, San Antonio. I can't believe in you. But you know who I can believe in? The Toronto Raptors! Interesting. Back-to-back. This is that trade that just happened. Um... There, could they be the best team in the East? No. I think so. They could be better than Boston. If Kawhi gets back to where he was, 
they could be the best team in the league. I mean, they got a new coach, Nick Nurse. We don't know what he can do. Maybe he's going to be great. But listen to this lineup. Kyle Lowry, Kawhi, OG Ananobi, uh, Abaka, and Danny Green. Now, that's a long, defensive, switchy lineup. And then off the bench, Greg Monroe, Norman Powell, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van, Le- Van Vliet, who, depending on how you feel about Dennis Schroeder, is still maybe the best backup point guard in the league. DeLon Wright, C.J. Miles, they're, they're deep. They have a clear hierarchy. They have at least two all-stars on their team. I think they could be the best team in the East. All right. I don't think there's a world where you can say that the Sixers are, and the Celtics are not still better than Toronto. I re- I don't, we don't know if Kawhi is even back healthy. He just missed an entire season all but 110 minutes or whatever because of an injury that never healed properly and kept getting re-aggravated. And it's on his quadricep. I don't know if you know quadricep is. It's like a pretty important muscle in the leg that lets you do things like run and jump. Overrated. Uh, he's just all hammies all day. Yeah. He's just all springs. Hammies and calves, baby. Uh, yeah, he's a real back of the leg type of player as always describes Kawhi. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's the biggest thing. Danny Green's great. He's also super getting up there at this point. Uh, Kawhi was an MVP candidate two years ago. But we have no idea if he's back. They have a rookie head coach who has to immediately form a bond with their impending free agent superstar player that they just traded their best player for. They are in a lot of trouble and things could go south very, very quickly in Toronto. All right. And Valanciunas still isn't good. Maybe I believe it. Whatever. Talk me into a team, Noah. Uh, I don't even have to, you freaking moron, because you just got jangled. Uh, everyone, if you want to have a fun laugh uh, at, 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 and not wait for the internet to force that laugh upon you, just go to frickinmoron.com. That's F-R-I-C-C-I-N-M-O-R-O-N.com to see one of my absolute faves, who is 31 and not going to be as good this year, Joe Inglis. I correctly predicted that he would have the highest PER on the team last year of incumbent players, not counting Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell was about as productive as a rookie can be last year it was really unbelievable and that was him just on pure confidence shot making ability uh and fitting in where he could to the system but there were a lot of plays last year where donovan mitchell got stuck and got himself out of a jam even in the playoffs and sometimes they worked i cannot wait for him to have a whole offseason of practicing with his teammates and figuring out how to play within quinn snyder's system i think this team is going to be fantastic to watch in a top four seed in the west all right i'm gonna talk you out of it Utah, it's fucking weird. It's full of white people. It's hot. The mountains, they're too tall. Their lake is full of salt. Mormons are fucking creepy weirdos. They don't drink coffee. They don't... I don't know how an entire religion can still exist despite them all being virgins. It's crazy. I I don't know if you have a full conception of what what the Latter-day Saints are all about. I get it. I know they're about having tons of wives, but they can't be having sex. Have you seen the way they dress? I think Utah's weird. I think the only thing that's good that's happened in Utah has been uh, SLC Punk. Uh, Which is really pretty anti-Utah as far as... Yeah, that's why it's great. Um trying to come up with stuff because i really do like the jazz and their team rudy gobert he's he's too he's too long he's too stretched out does kind of look like an alien he's good at basketball but he's bad at life and donovan mitchell's cool all right (laughs) all right i will say i won that one all right let me talk you into a team 
All right, you had a team where you had Brad Beal. He threw up. He's throwing up a 22, 4, and 4. John Wall, he's doing 20 points. He's giving you 10 assists. You got Otto Porter. You got Kelly Oubre, Marquise Morris. Now, that's a great starting five. What if I told you I was going to also give you a center that averaged 16.6 points, 12.5 rebounds, and 1.6 blocks? You'd say, heck yeah, those are great numbers. What if I told you I was going to give you a backup guard that averaged 15.1 points, 4 assists, and 1.8 steals, and shot 37% from 3? You'd be like, heck yeah. What if I told you, hey, playoff experience? How about in a Game 7, someone played 42 minutes and then got 19 points, 8 rebounds, and a block, and won that Game 7? Would you care that it was Dwight Howard, Austin Rivers, and Jeff Green? No, you just say, heck yeah, the Wizards are going to be great. So the Washington Wizards have been one of the edgiest teams for several years now. Where it, We said this multiple times last year. We were trying to predict when there was going to be like the locker room brawl that broke out inside the Wizards or the on-court brawl or like they beat up a security guard as a team or just a team that already has a history of horrible locker room situations. This is a team that has like for most of their, their history at under their current name, since they changed their name, they have a history of like weird locker room tensions and violence, including gun charges. Uh, This team is constantly on edge. Brad Beal and John Wall either absolutely love each other or absolutely hate each other. And I think it's both. And they just added Dwight Howard, who is the most divisive player in any locker room he's ever in and completely forgettable despite his production. Austin Rivers, who his dad traded him away. Like that's, he's going to be playing with such a chip on his shoulder and we do not need like an edgier Austin Rivers. And Jeff Green, who's always that one missing piece and never is. But did you hear the numbers? Yeah. Wow, we did it. We did a minute on each team. Wow, that was a uh, that was a marathon. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. <sighs> I'm exhausted. Yeah, this is a uh, we got the season starting in just a few days. Uh, this is a really exciting season. I was saying before we started recording that I watched a lot of WNBA this summer, so I never felt like I missed basketball. Like I was watching games about the same regularity all summer, uh, except for this little la- this last month or so. Uh, so highly recommended for hoops heads to just plug in the other professional basketball league that we have. It's somehow in the last few years gotten just as competitive. It's very cheap. It's very fun. Very cheap. Very fun. I got to go to a game this summer. Can you tell that we are feminists? Uh, I had a chance to go. Quick story time. Uh, I was on a work trip in Seattle. Uh, my flight was leaving the next day. I checked the schedule and realized, oh, that game four that I watched that was really tense between Phoenix and Seattle Oh, well, it turns out game five uh, starts about an hour after I land. So what do I do? I buy myself a ticket in the lower bowl for about $70 for a playoff game, which is absurd. Uh, I get in a cab, drop my bag at the hotel, get right to Key Arena, walk in during the national anthem, and I watch an absolute battle between Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird, former UConn teammates, two of the greatest to ever do it, in which the home team won before they went on to sweep the WNBA Finals and win their third title in franchise history, where Brianna Stewart was named Finals MVP in addition to her league-wide MVP title. And I was there for part of that journey and the WNBA rules. Seeing Diana Taurasi play for only $70 seems like it should be illegal. Seems like you're committing some sort of crime. Yeah. That's because that's insane. I watched Sue Bird, who was wearing a mask. She'd broken her nose two games before and had missed the previous game. First game back, wearing a mask. Uh, got hit in the face semi-intentionally uh, around midcourt. 
uh, no foul was called. It was called a jump ball. She gets up just swinging, just blind rage, taking shots at people, including officials, uh, rips her mask off, gets in an official's face, screams at them that they missed the call. And I'm very close to the game. I'm hearing all of this. Uh, the crowd is like lustily booing. It was the, some of the lustier boos I've ever heard. She then proceeds to win a jump ball against Dewana Bonner, who's like seven or eight inches taller than her, kick the ball to someone, get it right back, hit a three to put them up by seven and seal the game. It was like one of the cooler basketball sequences I've ever seen in person. And I was surrounded just by like a bunch of little old ladies who love that's That's who WNBA fans are. I've learned this season is old ladies. Oh, like it's a very old crowd. I felt like the exorcist. I was like, I need a well, retired people usually just need something to do. Yeah. But it was the exorcist walking in. I need an old lesbian and a young lesbian. <laughs> have you, did you, have you watched the exorcist recently? No, not in a very long time. Do you since know the scene? Like too young. Did you know, do you know the scene where she is getting like a cat scan or some sort of brain scan going on? Uh, and she starts to scream. Do you know the scene? No. Are you talking about Venom? The fine film that no, came out just last I week? D- I did see Venom. Uh, if 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 the producers are of Venom Two uh, are listening right now, and I know you are, uh, you got to do something about that Woody Harrelson wig. You can't you can't have him wear that. You can't Listen, have him wear that wig. He's that's gro- insane. He's growing it out right now. That's an insane wig. That wasn't even the key wig. Okay, the key wig got lost like ten minutes before the shoots. They had to use the long shot wig, and then the director insisted on matching his close up that he wanted. Also, there's gonna be carnage. We didn't need that. I feel like we knew who he was. And even you, if we didn't know who he was. You can't nitpick that movie. There are no nits to be picked because the movie's just all pure id. It, Here's my thing is, did anyone else think that when Michelle Williams became Venom, she was pretty hot? Listen, Venom is the sexy, goth, pseudo-gendered partner that we've all been looking for this October. I really liked that Venom was in love with Eddie Brock and that's why he went against his own that's a love story. It's a weird... He went against his entire species. Yeah, it's a real Romeo and Juliet type of thing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a great movie. Tom Hardy gives a Nicolas Cage performance in all the best ways. I will say it is the exact same plot as this movie I saw called Upgrade earlier this year, which is far better and is like Upgrade's a truly amazing movie. Yeah, but is Tom Hardy doing a bad Brooklyn accent some of the time? No, but this other dude who looks exactly like Tom Hardy is is doing an, an accent. What accent? American. I think he might be American. I don't know. Well, he's not doing an accent, is he? Well, he's speaking and he has an accent. Oh, cool. Just because he has lines, he's like Tom Hardy. Yeah. Anyone with lines is like Tom Hardy. <laughs> uh, did you have any lines in The Wolf of Wall Street? I just went, yeah. So you're like Tom Hardy. Oh, yeah, I guess I am sort of like Tom Hardy. All right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, more psychosexual goth movies about supervillains. Uh, excited about the NBA season. Uh, watch the WNBA, you cowards. What else? What other messages were? Oh, know. fuck DeAndre Jordan. I, I feel like I had so much more to say about so many teams, but a minute is just not that long. Uh, I will say um, I'm just really excited. I'm really excited the pod's back. I'm really excited that uh, we're back. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I think we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.